BadQuaker.com podcast. My name is Ben Stone. This podcast is for Tuesday, November 20th, 2012, and it's podcast number 233. And the reason I'm speaking in that particular tone, I'm not I'm not recording it on Tuesday. I'm recording this Monday. With me is uh, 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 my friend Dalton, who is also a podcaster and very active on um, uh, Reddit. Uh, Dalton, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. And your podcast is called Decline to State. How do people find that? You can go to declinefm.com, and we also have a Reddit page. Uh, so if you're familiar with Reddit, you just want to go to our Decline to State. If you're not familiar with Reddit, just type in reddit.com slash r slash decline to state, all one word. Uh, capitalization doesn't matter. So, and I should mention, and I'll put a link to this in today's uh, show notes. I was on uh, Decline to State with you. Oh, when was that? Last week. Last right? week. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, is that uh, is the is the archive of that up and ready? Um, I don't know because I don't do production. I, I can check right now and let you know. Um, our production's kind of slow because, um. I made a joke with you once when we were when we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago. I said our organization is anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there are are two guys who normally do the production, and I think one of them is on vacation, and the other one uh, he's quite busy working. So it's kind of a well whenever he gets to it. I have if, the raw audio if you want it, though. Well, I'll uh, I'll put a link to where your show's located, and then uh, if. Uh, if that show is available in the archives, I'll link to it. If not, I'll just wait till it shows up, and then I'll I'll link to it. Okay. Yeah, our most recent one up right now uh, is when we talked with Corey Tisdale, who is a, uh, a, a ANCAP entrepreneur and investor. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, actually, that might that I would like to listen to that. That kind of you know that um, I can't remember if it was you that I was talking to on on the Bad Quaker forum or if it was Anarchy of One that I was talking to that was uh, in reference to the Free State Project needs more entrepreneurs actually making money and you know uh, was that you or Anarchy of One? Uh, he may have mentioned that somewhere too, but I know that I brought up um, and and I'm not in New Hampshire, so I don't have a very good picture. But just from what I can see, looking through the lens of of whatever is posted on the internet that I can see, um, there there are some some semi known um, businesses sympathetic to the to the FSP like uh, Stateless Suites or Shire Silver and things like that. But my um, I guess it's a a maybe not quite a criticism, but kind of a you guys should think about doing this kind of suggestion is uh to really 
um, bring wealth to the community. Because if you bring in wealth to the community um, in any way, you know, doctors, lawyers, mechanics, um, and anything like that, um, when the state uh, cracks down on the anywhere between 1,000 or 20,000 free state project participants, however many are there whenever it goes down, um, not only will they have to contend with the FSP uh, people who may or may not um, abide by the NAP and act in self-defense, that's up to the individual, of course, but they'll also anger the populace who are bystanders but are affected by a loss of valuable community members. I think it's really important, too, if you consider, um, you know, I I strongly believe that at some point in time, uh, the free staters will be considered, uh, maybe not officially, but at least to some extent, they'll be considered much like an outlaw group. And yeah. uh, and when if or when something like that happens, to learn the lessons of other outlaw groups, if you think of how the James gang was able to exist for so long in Missouri... Well, the reason they they were able to is because the people of Missouri embraced them. They would go and they would rob from the bankers and the um, and the railroads, but they wouldn't bother the locals. They would actually distribute their wealth among the locals. So the locals uh, embraced them as part of the community and protected them. And it was only when they got away from that area that they ran into trouble. And this is also the same with um, pretty much any uh, you know if you think of any kind of guerrilla outfit that's that's uh, fighting a guerrilla war somewhere mm-hmm. the more they befriend the local community the more the community protects them when things uh, turn bad for them so even though i'm not advocating you know violence or you know destruction of property or robbing or any kind of uh, violent attacks against the state in any way i'm not advocating that at all but uh, but the more that you're endeared to the community and the more the, the more the community embraces the free state project rather than looks at them as, as outsiders that are trying to invade, you know, uh, the more they're likely to help and protect and function with the, the free staters rather than rejecting them. Right. Um, I, I like to call it guerrilla peace fair <laughs> instead of guerrilla warfare because, uh, as as persons who who value the NAP know, um, going and robbing banks and blowing up buildings is just a great way to get everyone angry with you, and uh, they won't really uh, cry that much about it when the state comes and with their jackbooted thugs and stomps all over you for it. And some people might say, rightly so, since you're destroying property and the state's the currently the only existing thing close to a justice system at the time. Um, but if you wage guerrilla peace fair. And the state has that reaction, um, you know, the the populace will feel just the opposite. And, uh, oh, I was going to bring up one other thing, but it fell out of my ear. That's what it's like to be be (laughs) (laughs) absent-minded. I'll I'll think of it in a little bit. It was really good, though. (laughs) Um, One thing Uh, about that I've noticed with people, because I've only been up in that area the one time for Porkfest, but I had the opportunity to stop it at different shops and kind of talk to some of the locals and everything. And what I found was that the, um, the people in Vermont and in New Hampshire, uh, they're, they're very, they're very proud of the fact that they are, you know, uh, uh, natives and, and they have been there for generations and, uh, mm-hmm. and they're very happy that this is their home. So I, I think something that would help free staters a lot 
is if they don't come in uh, publicizing that they're there to change things, but instead, if they came at it as, you know, you people in New Hampshire have such a wonderful place, and we don't want to come in and destroy it or ruin it or change it or mess it all up, or all we want to do is come here and, and be a part of this wonderful thing you've got. And that, uh, that changes the whole relationship between the, what might be called, what might be considered the invaders and the, uh, the defenders. If, you know, if you look at it from the point of view of a new, of a native New Hampshire. Right, right. That, um, that's what I was going to, going to bring up. It was, I couldn't remember the word, so I just didn't say it. It was, it was carpet baggers. Um, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the FSP, um, officially, I think is, a. Uh, Something, something of a political movement. Um, they, not all of them may, may describe themselves that way, but they are actively infiltrating uh, positions in the New Hampshire state and, and also the, the local towns and villages and cities, um, state apparatus. And uh, people do not. There are people who do not appreciate it. In fact, if I remember, not that long ago, um, they posted on freekeen.com a. Uh, a report that was being distributed um, about the Free State Project as as a kind of a know thy enemy type um, type tone to it. Like here's where the Free State Project came from. Here's what they've been doing. Here's where they've made successes. And uh, you know, it the paper treated them as invaders more than anything else. And there goes my phone. <laughs> and uh, the the Free State Project people. Uh, treated it as a compliment because it was pretty honest about everything they had accomplished. But um, I think I think they should be a little bit more more tactful um, when it when it because now once you get involved in politics after a certain amount of time once you actually start to be successful um, since you're using aggression people will respond in kind once they notice what you're up to and I think this report is the beginnings of something like that. I would absolutely agree with that. And and this is where I would probably differ with lots of people in the free state movement. But I, I deeply believe that the use of politics for your own means uh, is aggression. And it's really hard to make the argument that someone is wielding the uh, the power of government. Well, you know, no matter what their motivation is, it's really hard to make that argument that they're swinging that sword uh, and not aggressing, you know, because the, I mean, you know, what power does the government have other than aggression right. when it all boils down? I, I'm, I'm a little bit sympathetic to them attempting it. However, um, I, I largely agree with you, but I'm, I'm sympathetic because I think what they're trying to do is grab hold of the sword and then sheath it and tuck it away where nobody can find it. Uh, and they might succeed in doing that for a little while, but they can't all hold all the political offices all the time for the rest of eternity and keep the sword shoved away so long as the paradigm of the state um, conti- continues to exist because times can change, uh, the economy can change, the economy can get even harder than it is now. Um, a disaster could happen. Uh, you know, there was hurricane the Hurricane Sandy event that happened and struck uh, New Jersey and New York very hard. It could have struck New Hampshire just as hard, potentially. It got that far up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who who knows what can happen? Uh, people, if the if people know the sword is there, they're going to come looking for it at a certain point when they think they need it. Yeah, uh, that's a, a good boy. I could get into a whole. Uh, 
Celtic thing on that topic and really take it off in a in a very Lord of the Rings type direction. But oh uh, yeah, yeah, the Ring, yes, yeah, because that's Everyone... based on on many of the old myths that come out of uh, Celtic and Nordic uh, mythology. I, I think it's kind of interesting that there's myths like that 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 come that culture because. For a very long time, those peoples were were stateless. Um, you've talked about it a couple of times yourself. I don't know nearly as much as you do, uh, but I do know that um, you know they were largely stateless for the longest time until um, you know uh, Europe caught up with them. I guess you could say it, yeah. it almost seems as though those myths were put there as a warning against taking taking the power of a state into your hands yeah there were uh, there were myths about you know magic rings about magic swords about magic helmets and they all uh, you know whoever whoever took the sword or took the helmet or took the ring and then tried to use it for good there was always a backlash at some point and that was always part of the moral of the story and also uh, I've talked about this before about how um, the, a lot of the uh, Nordic and Celtic myths uh, that talked about um, a dragon, and and the idea was that the dragon uh, lived off of the community, uh, didn't give anything to the community. It hoarded gold. It just it it didn't necessarily destroy everything, but what it didn't destroy, it tainted and made it useless. And uh, and the and the great quest was always to defeat the dragon, and and so I think that was a metaphor. Uh, of the state and also these other stories of the magic helmet and the magic swords and the magic rings and these things and magic cauldrons. There were cauldrons also. But I think each of them was a warning that if you take that power and you uh, even if you attempt to use it for good, at some point in time, it's going to it's going to eat you up. It's going to destroy you. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, absolutely. I Let- um. Oh, are you gonna no, take, no, a, go ahead. take a go break? Ahead. Oh, okay. I was just gonna say I um I've been listening to um there's a really cool YouTube channel called Liberty in Our Time. I don't know who runs it, but they post all kinds of lectures and uh and videos from all over the place. Um they post stuff from the Mises Institute, uh from activists occasionally, if it's especially good activism. Um They'll post uh, anti-New World Order stuff from the John Birch Society, which is you have to put on your minarchist hat to be able to tolerate that stuff. But there's lots <laughs> of there's lots of history lectures interspersed in there, and there's some good Murray Rothbard gems in there too. You should check it out if you haven't. I know you'd like that. Yeah. Um, but every once in a while, there'll be a little gem of a history lecture, usually from the Ludwig von Mises Institute, and I can't help but thinking that the stories are exactly the same as many things that are happening today, except everybody was just wearing different costumes at the time and they had a lower standard of hygiene (laughs) and and no internet. But that's really the only differences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How about uh, if we talk a little bit about uh, what you do over at Reddit? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Mostly I just... uh, I just participate in the conversation there from time to time. I don't post... Uh, a whole lot, unless I know I have something really good to say. Uh, but primarily, I spend time on the anarcho-capitalism uh, board, which has been really thriving as of late, uh, especially after um, and during the election season here. 
when I started participating on the board, um, I'd say uh, maybe like late last year, um, or not late last year, uh, earlier in the year. Late last year was somewhere else. But uh, there were only, um, I think, three and a half thousand sub- subscribers to the board. And now that I'm checking it, there's 8,126. Wow. And uh, a lot of those people have come over from the Libertarian board on Reddit. And some of them have mentioned even that um, the Libertarian board has been practically infiltrated by um, by uh, Ayn Rand folk. Um, uh, I guess what you would call paleocons who mm. still think the Republicans are a great idea. Um, they just haven't quite... Neg- gotten it beat through their thick skulls yet that it's not going to work or maybe they never will uh some people just don't want to let go of the the fruit and the termite mound yeah um, <laughs> i love that analogy by the way uh but uh there's a lot of really awesome discussion that goes on the board and i think the most fascinating thing about the anarcho-capitalism board is not only is the community continually growing but there's a lot of great content and a lot of great discussion that gets posted on there uh, the mods do practically zilch. They they hardly ever ban anybody unless they're um, a spam bot. They don't uh, call the threads or anything. They completely let the community take care of everything through the upvote, downvote system and social ostracism. Hmm. And uh, so far, it's been working fantastically. Uh, now, it causes a lot of uh, bombings and random killings and that kind of thing, right? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of, although... Uh, we do get um, – every once in a while there are people who come onto the board from, say, the, the communism uh, board or um, a statist will come in and be like, hey, I'm a statist. Uh, debate me. Ha, ha, ha. I'm a statist. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think the community reacts pretty well to those. Uh, they say their piece, and some people are much more eloquent than others, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's always a there's, – there's a little bit of culture between the anarcho-capitalism board – and the anarchism board, which is huge as far as subscriber base goes in comparison, but the anarchism board is dominated by um, um, they're the statist anarchists who yeah. who um, are anarchist up until they're the state, and then they're not anarchist anymore. And mm-hmm. they've also got some very strong uh, feminist tones, and they're they're very communistic and very violent and. Um, when, they, they even have a script on their board whereby whenever anybody links to a thread on the anarchism board from the anarcho-capitalism board, because uh, you can cross-link discussions, uh, a script will put a warning at the top of the page that says, look out, everybody, the ANCAPs are here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. And I've actually been banned from that board because I uh, I was confronted by a moderator to censor myself, and I refused to do so, and I was I was banned as a result. Um, I, I, uh, used to turn a phrase, um, I think it was, thank you, sir. May I have another? Cause the, they had said something witty to me. I don't know. And, uh, they can, they, uh, asserted that I was misgendering them without <laughs> identifying themselves as to what gender they were. Uh, and you know, I decided to be, uh, non-cooperative and they ended up banning me for, for misgendering the, the moderator. It's a funny thing, you know, when you have a product that uh, that is that you are so unsure of that you have to 
you know, use that. And, and of course, that's not aggression like we think of aggression with, you know, somebody shooting at you or whatever. But right. still, it's it's kind of an aggressive stance. And, and to have a position that you have such little faith in that you have to take that kind of a position to defend yourself uh, because somebody might come in and say something that might make pe- people think, you know. They even have a um, – they even have a – some kind of standard on what sorts of speech is acceptable. Um, something about non-oppressive speech. Uh, oh yeah, anti-oppression policy. They have an anti-oppression policy, and if you fail to live up to the standards of the policy, they'll they'll boot you off of the board. Which is apparently what I ran afoul of myself. Wow. Um, yeah. So that that's anarchy for you, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a, even a running joke on on Reddit among the political communities. That anarchism has more bans in its ban list than uh, Pyongyang, which is a joke subreddit that advocates for the North Korean state. And if anyone posts on the board um, not not worshiping the North Korean state, they're automatically banned. And anarchism <laughs> has more bans than they than they do. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna break here and save the file in case our uh, our connection crashes or something. We'll be right back in about a minute. BadQuaker.com uses HostGator as our web hosting service. It was fast and easy to get set up, and the support we receive is top-notch. They have helpful and friendly 24-7, 365 live technical support and a 99.9% uptime guarantee, and they have some of the best prices in the business. If you have a website, or if you want to have a website, check them out by going to BadQuaker.com and click on the button for HostGator. And thank you very much for supporting BadQuaker.com. Did you know author Taryn P. Lupo has a new novel out called One Nation Under Blood? When a rejuvenative blood technology is developed that pits the young against the old, the government must take firm steps to address the war of supply and demand brewing across generational lines. Blood is not the only thing bought and sold in this dystopian tale of technology, economics, and independence. Vampires are now very real, but we never expected them to wear our grandmother's best Sunday dress. Okay, thanks for sticking with me through the break. Now, uh, Dalton, um, uh, well, real quick, before we uh, get into what what uh, I was going to ask you about, kind of explain how Reddit works, because there may be listeners who have never been over to Reddit, and uh, really all they need to do is go to Reddit and then... Just uh, create a, a – you can look around a lot without creating a profile. But if you want to post anything, then you have to create a profile. But what what else uh, – what do you do at Reddit other than just look at somebody else's um, links to their, you know, cat pictures or whatever? Right. Well, you can do that, of course, and there's, there's plenty of communities for that. Um, Reddit is basically a um, a website where people are allowed to create um, – uh, communities specific to certain subject matters, and then just uh, share information, p- cat pictures, of course, or uh, do text discussions, which is called self-posts. And in order to do that, all you have to do is make an account, and you don't even have to give Reddit your email address if you want to do that. Um, you only have to give them your email address if you you know, want to get your password if you forgot it. Um, but uh, you can make... Um, Boards that are open to the public, uh, you can make boards that are invite only, or you can make a board all for yourself as long as the name isn't taken and not let anybody in if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> Just talk to yourself. Yeah, you could. Um, 
There's even a uh, there's even um, you know joke boards. There's boards that are you know more serious, kind of like anarcho-capitalism. So uh, there's just a lot of small communities. And the really cool thing about Reddit is it has an upvote downvote system for the topics that get submitted to the boards. And there's also some algorithms that prevent any kind of spamming or or vote dumping in either direction. And as topics get older, they'll get more heavily weighted in proportion to the upvotes. So there's always new content on the front page um, if it's getting a little bit stale and people are submitting. And the the front page, the homepage of Reddit, will show a kind of like an amalgamation of of threads from all of the boards that you've sub- subscribed to on your account. So you can kind of get an overview of what's going on out there. And, you know, you could also go to each individual board if you wanted to just look at one subject matter. Uh, now, one tip for any anybody that might go over to Reddit, and if you go over to the um, Austrian economics board and you uh, you start to post there, I did a, I did a little YouTube video where I referred to uh, attorneys that surf the internet looking for IP uh, opportunities to sue people over IP encroachment. And I, I re- I've referred to attorneys that do that, which is basically rent-seeking. Um, I, I referred to them as, um, oh no, is that rent-seeking or is that... Anyway, not not the point. But I referred to them as um, as goons, and evidently that that kind of language is unacceptable on the Austrian Economics Board. Yeah. So if, if you go to the Austrian Economics Board, be careful and talk very very carefully and very calmly and very gingerly because they don't like you know naughty words like goon on their yeah. uh, on their pure clean white board. That's actually a point of contention, and it's been brought up recently on the anarcho-capitalism board because those uh, those posters kind of um, uh, go to both of those boards, and um, it, it's an interesting discussion because on the one hand, uh, people are upset that um, the Austrian Economics Board that has the most subscribers on it and has most content posted on it essentially has a dictator but on the other hand people have to respect excuse me his right to do that because technically it's his property because reddit has given him that space to do whatever he wants with it and he named it austrian economics and he makes the rules for that area so the way i like the way i put it when the discussion was going on was i said it's unfortunate that he's being so irresponsible with the brand which i think is the best way to put it um, there are other boards to discuss Austrian economics that have uh, zero censorship policies, but they aren't very populated, unfortunately. So. Mm. Um, now, uh, you were going to – you were gonna uh, I forgot what I was going to ask you about, but you were going to talk about something, a current story that's on Reddit. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's the number two topic in the anarcho-capitalism board right now. Um, you can get a lot of really great news from here. Um, sometimes Reddit has stories out before CNN does. Actually, most of the time. Anyway, um, there's a, a bit um, linked to Reason.com on here about how an anarchist defeated a minarchist in the New Hampshire election for state representative in Manchester, uh, which I think might be a product. Uh, yeah, it's a product of the Free State Project, but I just thought it was funny. Uh, only in New Hampshire would you hear of an anarchist defeating a minarchist in an election and then have it covered in the news. <laughs> I wonder what how the anarchist will uh, execute the office uh, that he's been assigned. Um, I'm not exactly sure what he intends to do. They have a little poster here on the link. 
um, kind of like a flyer that says uh, reduce spending to keep taxes as low as possible, encourage entrepreneurs and small businesses, and address social problems focusing on individual responsibility and accountability. Now, I'm sure he's an anarchist. I'm not going to call him a liar, but at the same time, those platforms kind of sound like your uh, your typical Republican uh, operating procedures. Yeah. Yeah, talking points. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll time will tell. We'll see how, uh, you know, how that works out. Um, now, you also run uh, uh, Voluntary Ohio on Reddit? Yeah, you could say that. Um I uh I got a crazy idea one day and I just created the the board while I was at work and kind of advertised it a little bit here and there and got some subscribers. There's a vac- there's actually been uh two two voluntary Ohio meetups to date. Um one was in September and I think one was towards the end of October or beginning of this month. Um so we actually have participants. There aren't very many people, and uh, there isn't very much discussion on the board itself, but I do post there from time to time. There was actually a meetup uh, not that long ago for an Ohioans for Constitutional Carry group um, in my town, actually, and I posted that up on the board because I figured uh, it couldn't hurt to get some voluntarists participating in that group. Yeah. Um, I wasn't able to make it, even though it was just around the corner from my house because I had to work that day. But uh, someone um, actually brought up an interesting question in the topic because there are a couple people who post in the comments and asked, uh, "Why would a voluntarist be interested in the Constitution?" Which is a good question, but it isn't exactly the point of having posted that. Um, I'll just read my reply verbatim, uh, which is, "Voluntarists in general are not interested in the Constitution." They may possibly, however, be interested in talking to people who value some of the voluntarist values that the Constitution purports to defend. I made sure to include that, mm-hmm. such as the right to own property and the right to self-defense. And I, you know, I formed this group as a place for people living in Ohio to network, but also as a place to organize educational efforts where possible, which this falls under. Um, I, I, I really try not to be a leader. Um, which is why I just make suggestions about, you know, hey, maybe we can do this instead of, hey, we're going and doing this um, because I don't I don't want to suddenly find myself with a bunch of people uh, waiting for me to tell them what to do. I just want to provide this this place that's named Voluntary Ohio. Here's the theme for this place, and I just encourage this kind of discussion to take place over here. Um, I also made a Facebook page for it, and I've got some likes over there as well. Um, I, it would be great if, if more people found this and participated, but I'm absolutely horrible at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Sometimes these things just, you know, that's sort of the nature of the Internet. Sometimes they just take off for uh, you know, apparently no reason. Or maybe, you know, one post happens and then it goes viral. And next thing yeah. you know, you got three million people. Yeah, I, I do also post in the Ohio subreddit from time to time about uh, this place, or I guess this kind of unofficial organization that's not an organization. <laughs> and uh, on some occasions, I've been upvoted. and other occasions, I've been uh, deep-sixed. Hmm. So um, I think it just depends on who's looking at the board at the time. Uh, but I try to get the name out to the locals, on at least on the Reddit venue, from time to time. 
Now, uh, Decline to State is, uh, uh, again, your podcast that you do with uh, uh, several other guys there. And mm-hmm. actually, how many uh, how many co-hosts do you have on there? Um, I think we have, um, I think, close to eight people who actively participate. And we kind of, uh, I guess you could say we kind of rotate in and out. Um, Ronald McPaul is pretty much always there. Um, he's kind of like our, uh, I guess you could say the anchor for the show. He, he introduces the show and then says goodbye at the end of the show. And sometimes he moderates a little bit and, uh, I'm there pretty often. Uh, there's also eternal who is, uh, we call him the manager because he, he came up with the idea and, um, he kind of nudges us in certain directions from time to time. Uh, but everyone uses their Reddit handles on the show, by the way. So that's why I'm saying these funny names. Um, there's also uh, Ghosty Time, um, uh, Super Nintendo, who's on Australia. Um, I think Toasty Time might be in Australia, too, if I remember right. Um, I'm probably wrong about that, so don't quote me on it. Uh, we, there's also Quash, who has an excellent excellent voice he can imitate all kinds of people and we use it to to great humor on the show from time to time um there's also reddo and his girlfriend shiny who will who come on once in a great while so those are those are the people who come on the most and um we also have james carlin who's a very very participatory poster on many of the political uh boards on reddit and he typically participates and the uh, the Sunday discussions that are recorded, but not always live. And by having that many hosts on, you might think, well, you know, how, how does anybody get a word in edgewise? But you guys actually do pretty good about, you know, not not too bad, not walking on each other too bad. You, you kind of respect each other and let each other have your, your say. Yeah, at, at first, when we first started, we had no idea what we were doing, and we just kind of went at it. I think our first show had almost everybody in it at the same time, and it was fun, but but it was also absolutely awful. <laughs> and uh, we've actually developed a system where we use the chat box in Mumble to uh, to kind of negotiate who's going to who's going to be speaking next, or if somebody has something really good they want to get out, they'll communicate that. Um, so it's a good way for us to, uh, to kind of negotiate behind the scenes, um, who's going to be speaking about what, uh, without the audience knowing that while someone's talking, we're all in the background arguing over who gets to talk next. And, uh, we also have people in the chat, um, kind of like LDL who we like to call a producer and he'll occasionally throw links or information in the chat when we're stumbling or looking for information or things like that. You also do an interesting thing uh, uh, right at the end, too. I, I pronounced that odd. I, I didn't mean to say y'all as in a southern person who says y'all. I meant to say um, <laughs> you, all. you also. <laughs> you, not making fun of our southern listeners, of course, but... Uh, I hear a lot of Ohioans do that, too, actually. Yeah, uh, it's, it actually is quite common. Yeah. Uh, it, it turns into like a uh, a valley girl might say, like, you know, in, in three times in yeah, a sentence. Yeah, yeah. Some some Southerners will end up doing that with y'all. But um, anyway, you guys <laughs> do a, um, 
uh, I, a kind of a fun thing at the end of every uh, interview, and I forgot about it and until right at the end of the interview, you guys, you guys hit me with it, and I was kind of taken back, so I wasn't prepared. But describe your little uh, your little trick that you do there. Yeah, we we call it Bizarro mode, and uh, that that's kind of the idea is to just kind of spring it on the guest, and um, I'm sure it'll be more difficult to achieve the same effect as it becomes more notorious, but. Uh, for many of our of our uh, first guests um, that we've ever had, at uh, they were completely surprised by it, which worked great. And you got to think on your toes. So basically, bizarro mode, um, for the most part, is when we ask an ANCAP or a voluntarist um, to put on a statist hat and uh, do their best statist impression. So what what, what I ask is. Uh, make the best argument you can against a position you hold dear to yourself, which makes for some very, very, I think, healthy mental gymnastics. Because if, if you're not very familiar with the arguments against the position that you hold, um, maybe you don't really know the position that you hold all that well. Jeffrey Tucker had a lot of fun with that question. Yeah, he went on a pro IP rant. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> I think it even got uh, peeled off and, and made into a separate little thing that bounced around for a while. Did it really? I, I remember. Um, I remember a brief conversation on Facebook about it. Um, but uh, if, it, if it if it achieved any fame, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it if it didn't, uh, I should go over and peel it out and make a, a YouTube video out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Tucker's a turncoat. Yeah. Um, Michael, uh, Michael Dean, who does the Freedom Fiends podcast and the Anarchy Gumbo, he did a, he did a really good one too, I think. He said that he put on his minarchist hat for a few minutes and went on a really good rant. That was also a good one. And he is, uh, it's still fresh in his mind because he, if you can put it this way, he only converted a couple of years ago. So he remembers the argument. Yeah, um, I, I can very I can sympathize it quite a bit myself because I only converted months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was campaigning for Ron Paul up until you know uh, the March primary, and a little I kind of like clung on a little bit after, and I finally you know let go of the fruit and said, okay, well this I kind of had a feeling it wouldn't happen. I kind of became disillusioned, uh, I'd say, and. Towards the end of January and into February, when I saw the the fraud beginning to take place in the different primaries, which I sort of anticipated in a way, but I didn't want to believe it was real. But when it started happening, I, you know, I had to recognize it and I had to say, "Yeah, okay, we're going to cheat him out of the election." And I also had a very morbid thought that was, if they chose not to cheat him out of the election, or if he should be popular enough that they wouldn't be able to cheat him out of the election. Would they resort to assassinating him? And that was a very scary thought. Um, because there's a history in this nation that is not always talked about of presidents and other government officials who um, acted against the Federal Reserve or some other similar banking organization and were shot at or shot and killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, actually, that was one of the... Uh, because I supported him in, in 08... And uh, and thinking about, you know, thinking it through, what would happen if this actually went through? And that was one of my earliest thoughts that I realized 
that, uh, well, the last thing I'd ever want happened would be, you know, Ron Paul assassinated. Right. It, I, because I don't believe that martyrs help a cause. Uh, they give an opportunity for other people to, you know, to pervert the cause. Right. And uh, it was that thought was really crushing to me to think that that if I was out there voting for Ron Paul, that I would actually have a hand in putting him in a position uh, of danger like that. It's it's a really um, in a way it would have been a, a very sad and and maybe macabre is a good word to use demonstration of how participating in politics is an act of aggression. Yeah. Um, in a very roundabout way. On a lighter note and hopping back over to Reddit uh, just sure. for a second, I was bouncing around and over on the libertarian page, there's this latest meme that's, that's uh, you know, Barack Obama reference to the Israelis um, bombing the Palestinians. He says uh, there's no, no country on earth that would tolerate missiles raining down on its citizens from outside of its borders. He, he said that yesterday. <laughs> And already, really? yeah. <laughs> oh boy, hip hip hypocrisy, right? <laughs> so, of course, there's a meme that's flying around now with a picture of a drone with a Hellfire missile coming off the bottom of it, and it's got that quote in there from yesterday. I see it now. I just found it. I, I imagine. I, I just can't imagine what. Uh, various Afghani or Pakistani folk might feel about that quote when it reaches them, if it hasn't already. Yeah, or even people in uh, Yemen or, uh, yes. you know, it just, uh, Libya, Somalia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Places we don't know about. <laughs> and yet, you know, so many Americans have no idea that the U.S. is doing that, that Obama points at a picture uh, they have these, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with these, they have these, they're almost like um, playing cards with different oh, yeah. people's faces on them. I remember, my God, I remember those when I was 13 and the war in Iraq started and they passed, I remember that being on the news that they were passing that out to the soldiers and they showed the ace of spades that had Saddam's head on it and I was like, cool, we're going to go kill the bad guys because I was 13 and I didn't know any better, you know. And I was like, <laughs> I also thought, man, I wonder when those are going to be on sale because I want one of those because I really <laughs> like playing cards and I always have. And boy, that's just really strange, isn't it? <laughs> and now they, uh, I guess they shuffle the deck, you know, draw a card, hand it to the president, and he says, pop him. I guess. Wow. And make sure you get his kids, too. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Amazing. What, yeah, what uh, What was his words again? Let me pull that back up. There's no country on earth that would tolerate missiles raining down on its citizens from outside its borders. And if you were really cynical, you could flip that around and you could say, so, Obama, uh, you're perfectly comfortable from uh, with those missiles raining down on the citizens from inside the border. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> do, you, do you imagine that would ever actually happen, though? Do you think it might get bad enough for that to happen? Because it seems to me that unless things got super bad and someone had to hit the panic button, they'd avoid that at all costs because that would show their hand. I think it pro you're probably right, although, you know, they uh, they dropped a literally dropped an incendiary bomb out of a helicopter and burnt down a couple city blocks in Philadelphia in the uh, in the 70s. 
Yeah, and then yeah. what they did to Waco, nobody ever, nobody ever saw tanks uh, in the United States rolling on on a church, you know, um, attacking a church. No one would have conceived of that in 1985, but yet by the 90s, there it was happening. And, you know, Americans were cheering. Yeah, it's about time you get those child abusers. It was amazing. Yeah. That um, that that's a bit of commentary as well on how many Americans will buy anything that the media puts out for them to for them to eat. Um, yeah, because from what I understand, the the accusations of child abuse were either overblown or entirely false by by some accounts, and uh, you know people just took uh, I don't know whoever was the talking heads at the time word for it. Yeah, it's my understanding that the government itself even backed off on on all of those uh, on all of that uh, train of of attack. Hey, let me uh, stop here again and save this file, and we'll come back in after the commercial break. I'd like to talk to you about Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom. The Liberty Classroom is a collection of courses on history and Austrian economics presented in an easy, convenient way. There are video files and audio files you can download. You can participate in discussions online in the discussion boards. And there are live sessions with Tom Woods and the other educators where you can directly interact with the instructors. Now, who is this for? It's for anyone who realizes that they didn't get the real story in government-approved schools. It's also great for homeschoolers and unschoolers. Join Tom Woods and his team, and they'll equip you with one of the very best tools the Liberty Movement has to offer, knowledge, real knowledge in a usable form. At Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom, you can get all this for only $99 a year. Now, that's less than the cost of one movie DVD a month. This gets you access to absolutely everything on their site, all the courses plus additional courses that will be added later, the discussion forums, the live sessions, everything. So how do you do this? You go to badquaker.com. You click on the banner for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. By using that link, you'll let Tom know that I sent you, and you'll help badquaker.com. Thank you very much. Would you like to do something to support badquaker.com? Here's how easy it is. If you're already going to buy something from Amazon, go to badquaker.com first. Click on any of the buttons for Amazon. Once at Amazon, shop like you normally would. You'll pay the same price for the things you buy from Amazon, but Amazon will give BadQuaker.com a tiny portion of that purchase. It's amazingly easy to shop at Amazon, it won't cost you any extra, and you'll be supporting BadQuaker.com. Thank you. Okay, we're coming back from the from our last break, and uh, with me is Dalton. And uh, on the forum, at BadQuaker.com forum, or on Reddit, you are wrong, wrong opinion. opinion. Yes. <laughs> Wrong opinion. <laughs> wow. Yeah. My brain just kind of like seized for a second. That's the purpose of the username. It worked, yeah. it worked flawlessly that time. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it's, a, I guess, a bit of a contradiction technically because op- opinions cannot be wrong or um, right. Um, although some people may feel differently, which is why I chose that name because – if someone's opinion is different than yours, then it's wrong. It's kind of like a kind of like a uh, a dry martini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is a dry martini anyway? I've never even had one. Uh, the idea is um, dry, meaning you know, of course, it's still liquid, but mm-hmm. the less um, 
the the less uh, the less stuff you put in it that's not um, if it's like a um, if it's a gin martini, then you want more. The more gin you put on it, and the less of anything else, then that means the drier it is. Or if it's a uh, like so, if it's a uh, what's the other a vodka martini, mm-hmm. th- then uh, the more vodka and the less other ingredients, the the drier it is. I see. So water or anything water based is the is the evil. Even though you know, let's say uh, vodka, if it's let's say eighty or ninety proof, that means it's still about half water. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that much about mixed drinks. The only mixed drink I I order all that often is a Bloody Mary because um, I like spicy things and I like alcohol. So that's that's two things that are awesome at the same time. And our listeners are listening to the All Alcohol Channel tonight. <laughs> I actually have a glass of rum on my desk and a bottle of beer as we speak. I'm, but the the rum is the rum is for for um, dinner. So <laughs> you have a you have a gla- nice big water glass of rum every night for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, who I'm going to be edited out of context on that one. <laughs> of course I do. Who doesn't? No wonder he thinks the state's a sham. He's drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we talked ourselves into a dead end there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but that's okay. I'm sure we'll get some laughs out of it. Yeah. So what do you want to move on to? What's our lesson plan look like? Oh, I don't know. I'm popping around over here at Reddit, seeing if I see anything interesting. They have... You could, uh, it, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Um, you, you could check out the Decline to State subreddit to add another plug there. Uh, people will submit um, topics that they'd like us to talk about on the show from time to time. Um, yeah, and all you have to do is just go to Reddit uh, forward slash r forward slash the words Decline to State, all crammed together, and then another forward slash, and it'll take you right there. Yep. And anybody can post there. If you have an account, that is. And even if you don't have an account, you can go over there and look around, you know, click through the the other stuff and see what's going on. Right. Um, so the top one right now is, uh, it's time for a new old kind of university. I wonder what this is about. I think it might have to do with online education. Oh, it, I'm just skimming through this right now, but it seems to be about um, how public universities are outlandishly expensive and uh, it's time for a new way to do things. Um, This article is several pages long, so I'm not going to read it all. I'm just kind of grabbing little bits and pieces from it. But I've seen this theme coming up more and more lately. Uh, People, the the market is starting to provide solutions to people's uh, demand for education and a way around the insanely expensive um, I, I guess you could call it a paradigm that exists at this time. Uh, in fact, two of the institutions that are actually involved in the state, um, MIT and I think Harvard, are offering uh, courses online for free that you would have had to pay thousands of dollars for uh, in the past. Wow! Which is very, which is very cool. Um, I've known about the MIT one for a long time. I think um, Stanford may have something similar now as well. Um, in fact, uh, I think the Ludwig von Mises Institute may use uh, the same framework as one of those two institutions to do their online classes. 
come to think of it. Yeah, uh, they, they, I mean, I hate to give them more credit than they deserve, but it's very possible that the, the, um, how would you call it? The business model of the, of the Mises Institute is driving other universities to, it's forcing them to have to change their model. Um, I, I wouldn't discount that. Um, as a matter of fact, I've seen market forces acting on the Mises Institute, uh, this very year. I took, um, up a couple classes myself earlier in the year that were over a hundred dollars each, and now uh, the classes are fifty nine dollars. Wow! For for similar course lengths and, and material, and it's always good material. I've taken a couple courses with uh, um, Robert Murphy actually. Um, I took one with David Gordon about um, kind of like an overview of political thought throughout history as far as uh, statism goes, the development of statism, I guess, is what I would call it, um, at least starting with the Greeks. Um, so they have good they have good material up there, and it's now not nearly as expensive as it used to be. Um, the lectures are once a week. I, I would recommend it to anybody who who is interested in that kind of service. It's, a, you, it's pretty affordable now. You said that was with Bob Murphy? Um, not the political thought one. Uh, Bob Murphy did, um, uh, principles of economics, which is like a, a one Oh one. He uses the, the book he wrote, um, lessons for the young economist. I think it's called, mm-hmm. uh, as the textbook for that. And he also, uh, did a, uh, anarcho capitalism, um, kind of a, a legal theory class, uh, with just a teeny bit of economics and, uh, and Marshall theory in there as well. But uh, it mo- mostly focused on the stuff he talked about in chaos theory and uh, some of his essays after and other people's works as well that were related. Um, so I-, I-, I like the lectures because you can get little nuggets from people like Robert Murphy that you wouldn't find in the books. Mm. Uh, Bob Murphy also, it- it- he has this amazing ability. There's a few people that uh, that I can think of off the top of my hand that can do this, but he can talk on you know he's because he's brilliant, and he can talk on a very complicated uh, level, uh, you know, very scholarly, and yet at the same time he can instantly switch over and talk uh, you know on on the layman's level so that just anybody can understand what he's talking about. It's really amazing. Yeah, and I I think that proves that he he really knows the subject inside and out. I think unless you can explain something simply to people, uh, you don't really know it as well as you think you do. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, another person that's uh, good at that is Bob Higgs. He can, he, you know, I, I hate to be envious because we're told that envy is a bad thing. I'm not sure that I would, uh, I'm not sure I totally accept that. But um, but uh, I, I have envied Bob uh, Higgs's ability to write like a you know a thousand word article using common language and explain something that's extremely complex he just blows my mind with his ability to do that i have um i think i've read a couple of his articles that may have been linked to on um blue rockwell probably linked to on blue rockwell from time to time yeah i don't remember exactly where i found him at but i i remember that you've talked about him from time to time as well. And I've heard a couple of lectures uh, of his that were very good as well. You're right. He is very good at at explaining things. I I hate to say it, but sometimes his lectures can be a little dry, 
because he uh, he attempts to be you know scholarly with them, where um, yes. you know when he's really just free flowing in talk and just discussion, he's uh, he's really um, yeah, yeah. Who who am I to give you know criticism to uh, to Robert Higgs? But but I like Bob a lot. I talk to him on Facebook all the time, and I've had him on the on the uh, Bad Quaker Show and stuff. So um, I, I don't mean any disrespect to him, but but I, I think if he uh, if he realized more of his own ability to off the cuff to be brilliant, that uh, that he would do better. But I think he feels like. Um, uh, like he has to be careful what he's saying when he's saying it in an actual lecture, so it comes a lot across a little stiffer. But if you can get him in just a regular article that he's written, uh, he writes oftentimes at the uh, Independent Institute, and uh, some okay. of those articles are just killer. They are really good because you you know you can read it in like three or four minutes, which is really great. Yeah, not all of the the articles that get posted on on Lou Rockwell. Um are are quite that simple to go through especially um especially not the ones from uh oh his name escapes me all of a sudden uh what what's who's the fellow that um he actually appears on Alex Jones show from time to time and I I can't imagine why he would do except for exposure but um he has a website something about political economy hmm he has very good insight on on like into like the state in fact he I think he was actually a part of an administration at one time but um He's very good insight on the operations of, of the state, like um, this department does this thing, and this is like what's the culture of the CIA is kind of like, and and that's why they're doing X, Y, and Z, and here's why it's bad. Ah, I wish I could remember his name. But those articles are very information dense, um, but you can't read you know you can't read through them quickly like you can the Robert Higgs ones. Yeah, Bob Higgs. Yeah. So those are kind of like two contrasting. Ah, why can't I remember his name? That bothers me. Um, I'm thinking of uh, two different, very opposite ones that it might be. Uh, Gary North, his articles are sometimes uh, long and hard to read, but very packed full of information. Or um, the guy, Buchanan, uh, was um, a big-time Republican operative for a long time. I think it might be Buchanan. He was a, like a speechwriter for Nixon and Reagan and a bunch of stuff like that. Ah, uh, I see. Wow, I wonder what that was like. <laughs> <laughs> on that on that tangent, I wonder what it was like to write for George Bush, <laughs> uh, the second, or you call him Baby Bush, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like to call him Baby Bush because he reminds me. You know, uh, I I don't know. This might have been uh, too many years back. Uh, are you uh, familiar with um, Papa Doc Duvalier and then Baby Doc Duvalier? I know of them. They were a lovely pair of father-son dictators in, uh, <laughs> so in I Haiti, puppets of the uh, of the American regime. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there was a movie, a little bit of a bizarre movie. We'll go off into a Michael Dean rant here about a movie. But there was okay, a movie cool. called uh, The Something in the Rainbow, like Snake in the Rainbow or, wow, what was the name of that? Anyway, it was about... Um, the discovery of a medication that's now commonly used in surgery that um, that deadens your memory for uh, a period of time, and so by using this uh, this drug, and it was refined, it was being used in Haiti uh, to make people think that they had become zombies and then manipulate them. 
Um, I know what you're talking about. The name uh, escapes me, though. Um, Serpent in the Rainbow. The Serpent in the uh, Rainbow was the name of the movie. But anyway, uh, yeah, so they they were using this. uh, I think it was uh, derived from a poisonous fish or something like that. It's scopolamine, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. It comes from uh, some kind of a plant. Oh, okay. Um, it basically destroys your your willpower for for the duration of the effect. I think. Yeah, and uh, by using that, they can use less of the more powerful medications that basically knock you out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're not out completely. You're actually experiencing everything. You just can't do anything about it, and you don't remember it at the end. It might not even care either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty weird. Yeah. You don't want to think about that too much before going into surgery. Yeah, it's a little bit creepy. It kind of reminds me, in a way, of my first and so far only anesthesia experience when I had to have my wisdom teeth pulled out. And um, no, it's so bizarre. You just remember the needle being pushed into your arm, and then you wake up and you're really cold. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> and what, that's what it is. Yeah, and you know. I, I remember getting dragged back to my dad's house and plopped onto the couch and just going, ugh. But, uh, yeah, I can't imagine what that stuff would be like, like being conscious during the event, but um, well, you wouldn't to... remember what it was like, right? Because you don't remember. Yeah. But how would you know? Yeah. Hmm. Very strange. Mind-bending. Drugs. Well, Yeah. <laughs> How often do conversations on badquaker.com revert to talking about drugs? This, uh, this has got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get some, uh, some, some uh, oh, wow, the word escapes me. Some Puritan, uh, uh, you know, some Puritan group is going to protest badquaker.com because it's. Uh, uh, you should um, make a, a roundhead subreddit. I, I wonder if anybody in the world would get that. There's like, you know, how many a people few. that, yeah, very, very few would probably get that. Oh, speaking of joke subreddits, um, there's one called StephBot where somebody took some kind of random uh, generation machine, which is a code similar to the postmodernism uh, generator, and they ran um, – writings that Stefan Molyneux has put into his books and stuff through it, and they post the results on the subreddit, and it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. You should check it out. It's just oh, so nonsensical, man. and they have a creepy picture of Stefan up there, and it, it's a good <laughs> laugh. Nothing's been posted in a while, but it's pretty good. That's pretty funny. Poor yeah. Steph. Poor Steph. He gets stepped on so often. Yeah, but he takes it. He's awesome. Yeah. He actually has a really good, uh, you know, outlook on that kind of thing. A lot of people, when they start getting, uh, you know, a certain amount of popularity, it really goes to their head. And uh, and and Steph hasn't, you know, he jokes around about his hair. He jokes around about how he looks on the camera and how freeze frames catch him at odd times. He, he's really got a pretty good uh, sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. I we actually had him on the um, on the Decline to State show. I think he was. Uh if not our first, our second guest. And he, did, uh, he was really great to talk to. He did that, um, the reverse thing at the end too, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, I don't remember where he went with it though. I think it, I think if, uh, let me think a second. I think it had something to do with discipline. Um, 
You know, we, we've got to beat kids to, you know, teach them how to accept authority or, or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, though. I'll have to go back. I can imagine that would be hilarious having yeah. uh, having Steph go in that direction. I love getting all this material so that so that I can I can blackmail major figures in the liberty movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what about that one time you admitted to drinking a water glass of uh, of rum every night before dinner? Yeah, that's not exactly contrary to voluntarism, though. <laughs> yeah, there are ten thousand others out there going. Well, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Dalton, I appreciate you coming on the the uh, podcast with me. And, oh, it's uh, been a pleasure. It's kind of uh, for an old man like me. It's getting late in the evening, so I'm going to have to wrap it up. But this will okay. be on uh, tomorrow, so be sure and, and listen for it. Or the people listening right now are, are like, "Okay, wait now. Am I listening to it today, or do I have to wait till tomorrow to listen to it?" It's a time no. machine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just don't don't uh, don't back it up and listen to it again. It'll really get you confused. Right. Thanks a lot for coming on, Dalton. And for what's my new tagline? I forgot it for a minute. Have you heard my new tagline? Where liberty is our mission? Yeah, badquaker.com. Oh, yeah, that's it. Badquaker.com, where liberty is our mission. Thanks a lot, Dalton. No problem. Have a good night. Yeah, you too.